0: No glory for the faint of heart. you all stars
1: win and lose, freedom play the loop, we done a part. And when the goal getting tough, I get to going hard. You bring your best, and you know I'ma tear them apart. Even in survival, rival, I ain't got no time for anyone to wait for in the work that I do. You ain't heard about us, think I'm gonna remind you. I've been out here doing what I say is what defines you. This is our time. Tell them why, this is our house Yeah, and we can't put it down This is our house Hello everyone
0: and welcome to the week 13 edition of The Rundown I am your uh, Depressed Titans co-host Ben Peterson Alongside my Suddenly the Bengals are back question mark co-host Justin Tavner Justin
1: Yeah they are
0: <laughs> How are we doing today man?
1: Uh, well, I guess I could be doing worse I didn't really have high hopes for yesterday and... Uh, I guess the Bengals proved me wrong
0: that they they did that they did Um, you know we'll get into that in a little bit we got all kinds of good uh, recap stuff coming Um, but first I added this in I didn't tell you I was doing this but we talked about the rundown roast part two and you know as
1: it's going to be a weekly award man. it is going to be a weekly award. award and
0: as easy as it would be to give this award to the Patriots again, because let's be honest, the Patriots could very easily make a case for deserving it every single week. It's gotta go to none other than the Los Angeles Chargers. I think that probably even more embarrassing than being the New England Patriots is only being able to muster six points against the New England Patriots, who to this point in the season have been one of the statistically worst teams in NFL history. I mean, this game featured Justin Herbert, who has been lauded by the media as a generational quarterback and a Chargers offense that previously has gone toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. And they got two field goals. If I'm the Chargers, Brandon Staley should have been left behind in Gillette Stadium uh, because the Patriots started Bailey Zappi, who, you know, WKU legend, shout out. But, I mean, let's not act like he's Mahomes. He threw for 141 yards. They had Ezekiel Elliott run for 52 yards. And somehow that was enough to outgain the Chargers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you knew that or not, but they outgained the Chargers. (laughs) I (laughs) didn't. It was only by like 15 yards. But they did. Herbert threw 22 times, or he completed 22 of 37 passes for 212 yards. And that was his entire stat sheet.
1: Austin man really lit it up yeah woke up feeling dangerous oh no
0: it gets better Austin Eckler was their leading rusher he carried the ball 14 times so if I told you that an NFL running back carried the ball 14 times and it's a running back of Austin Eckler's caliber how how many yards do you think without looking how many yards would you say that they probably got
1: uh, I'm going to say an average NFL running back gets about three and a half yards of carry. So multiply that by 14. I don't feel like doing math right now, but that's, I don't know. I'm going to say about 50. I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, you know, you go, you go three times 14. We'll say 40. I'm going to say three times 14. That's going to give you 42. So, you know, you do, you do. That's 49.
1: Yeah. 50 wasn't a bad yeah, guess. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, you were, you were <laughs> pretty spot on. He got 18 yards. 18 (laughs) on 14 carries
1: yeah that's not great
0: i know the chargers won the game and like you know a win's a win right but that, that this was as ugly as a win as they come against a team that has been nothing short of an abomination over the last four weeks but really the entire year um if i read the play by play summary to you you know you go to the little play by play on the espn app Uh, You would think I was creating a beat for a song because I would just repetitively say punt over and over again. Aside from a single fumble by the Patriots, two field goals by the Chargers, and then two turnover on downs at the end of the game by the Patriots as they attempted to do something that vaguely looked like the game of football. So, our listeners, our viewers, I want to, on behalf of the rundown, I want to publicly apologize for the Chargers for the Patriots, for the NFL, CBS, and any other body or person that was responsible for putting together one of the absolute worst games of football that I've ever seen. I'm apologizing on their behalf because they're not going to. They still made money off of it, so they considered it a win, even though we had to put up with that. Justin, I would rather paint a wall, watch that dry, paint over that and watch that dry again, than to ever watch as poor of a performance as I saw on Sunday.
1: They, sh- they should have paid people to watch that one. Like, yeah. like, you should not have to have had bought tickets <laughs> to go to that game... They should have been giving them away with a $20 bill attached
0: (laughs) to it. I saw somebody posted that they had tickets for sale for that game for $18. (laughs) (laughs) Even that's (laughs) too much. much. (laughs) But so, everybody, there's your rundown roast for week 13. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Chargers for winning this prestigious award and just being absolute dog water. (laughs) So... Before we get into the NFL, the sports-related breaking news, we actually on the rundown have some breaking news. You see, if you're on YouTube or TikTok, you are currently watching Justin and I talk, and that is because we are bringing out video um, recording for our podcasts, so you're going to see mine and Justin's faces as we talk about these things, and just, you know, we wanted to put a face to the name, just really kind of engage with our viewers a little more and bring, bring a fun product, so excited to unveil that justin i know you're excited as well um how about we yeah yeah so let's get into the action now the college football playoff has been announced and who buddy was it a topic um the following matchups will occur on new year's eve we'll have michigan versus alabama in the rose bowl and then we will have texas versus washington in the sugar bowl so there was a lot of controversy around the top four um you know, I think I I said last week that I feel like it's going to be these four teams, that it would make more sense for Florida State just because of the, the 13-0, but at the same time, I just felt like this was the matchups we were going to get, and maybe unfortunately for college football fans, or fortunately, depending on which team you root for, uh, I was right. I did love the video of Michigan's players being upset that they drew Alabama. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um Justin kind of what were your, what were your thoughts here on this announcement?
1: Uh I dude, I thought the I thought the Florida State got robbed. Uh I mean, it's just a travesty to the sport of college football that this happened. I mean, they were presented 13 opportunities to go in a game and they won 13 games. Like genuinely, I don't know what more they have to do. I I don't understand it. I I I I understand why the college football playoff committee did what they did and it was because of money and that they made that very clear that they don't care how good your season was. It's all about money because at the end of the day more people w- would want to watch Alabama than Florida State. Yeah. They made that very apparent. I did
0: see that they posted, like, their explanations for why they picked why they what they did. And, like, one of their reasoning was that, like, they watched Florida State struggle to move the ball against Louisville. Like, I think they had, like, 55 yards or something like that in the first half against Louisville. Like, it, it wasn't good by any means. And so you're right in the – like, it, it definitely comes down to money because who wants to watch Florida State put up 55 yards against Michigan and get run off the field? Like, I completely get that. But at the same time, I'm on the same page as you. Is like they went 13 and 0, and Ohio State literally won the national title with the backup with their third string quarterback. So, it just feels like they got robbed. Like I completely agree with you.
1: Yeah, dude. I it, like I said, it was a, It just felt like a travesty to the sport of college football to me.
0: It did. Uh, on to our second story. Trevor Lawrence was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. Uh, the timetable for him to return is currently unknown. You know, real quick on that, we'll get into that more later, but I think if you're a Jaguars fan, you're relieved that that's all it was. Uh, Because that definitely, watching that on the field, that looked bad. (laughs) It looked real bad. Yeah, it did. The fact that it took him three business days to get from the field to the locker room because he wanted to walk off under his own power to give the fans, you know, hope. But I don't know if you've seen the videos of it, of him walking in the tunnel afterwards, but that man is moving at a pace that (laughs) would make a snail look fast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> which understandably, I mean, you know, uh, if your ankle was hurting, I'm sure I'm sure, it'd be hard for you to be hard to move, but still not great. Um, our next story, Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord has enter- entered the transfer portal after head coach Ryan Day told him that he wouldn't guarantee a starting spot for him in the 2024 season. It's rumored that Ohio State will be looking for a quarterback through the transfer portal. Um, i not honestly, I'm on the side of Ryan Day. I don't know. I don't know what Colin McCord was expecting after this year, but um, that that, that was not great. <clears throat> so, anyway, that's kind of all the breaking news we had. Um, Justin, did you have anything you wanted to ask or add here?
1: Yeah, I did have a question. Yeah. Um, is having a serviceable quarterback backup quarterback? Is that just as important as having a good starting quarterback? Because with five weeks left in the season, 17 of the 32 teams in the NFL have started multiple quarterbacks at this point. And it just begs the question, like, at what point do you need a serviceable backup quarterback? Because over half the teams have lost their starting quarterback at one point or another – throughout the course of this season. So is is having that backup quarterback just as important as having a good starting quarterback. So
0: it absolutely is important to have a serviceable backup. I don't I don't know that anyone would argue against that. Um I think that where a lot of these teams run into problems is that they pay their starting quarterback so much that it's really hard to get a serviceable backup quarterback because there's no money to go around. Um, but we see it with, you know, the Bengals having Jake Browning. Jake Browning, I mean, he is very clearly a serviceable backup quarterback. You know, we've seen that in the past with, uh, was it Chad Henney? Is that who backed up Mahomes whenever he, uh, yeah, whenever he like blew out his ankle in that game against the Jaguars and he had a scoring drive? Um, yeah. You know, Taylor, uh, yeah, Taylor Heineke, I think, was a backup. Um, who did he back up? Was it Alex Smith?
1: In like that.
0: Washington? Yeah,
1: it uh, may have been Dwayne Haskins.
0: Hmm. Anyway. Either way. Anyway, yeah. Point is, you know, we saw it with uh, Tyler Huntley with the Ravens, that he led the Ravens to dang near beating the Bengals um, in the playoffs yep. last year.
1: Probably should have beat them.
0: Probably, honestly. I mean, you know, the Bengals are a, a, a good defensive play away from – losing that game because if he breaks that if he breaks that goal line plane, and we're having a different conversation i think but yeah um yeah it's absolutely important to have a serviceable backup quarterback um is it as important as having a starting court a good starting quarterback i don't think so because i think there's a reason why you have a good starting quarterback you know there that guy is very obviously the guy but it's very important to have that backup that if your guy goes down for, I mean, let's look at, um, let's look at uh, Cooper Rush in Dallas. Cooper Rush, I don't believe is a starting caliber quarterback. Like I think he he has his limitations, and once he plays enough games, people figure him out. Um, but he went what five and one with Dak out last year, four and one, something like that. Five and one. Yeah, like I think having a backup quarterback that knows your system, you can count on to make the plays you need him to make, and. Knows his role, doesn't try to be, you know, doesn't try to be Tom Brady. He knows what he needs to be. I think that is like crazy important.
1: Yeah, alright. So Yeah, just just an interesting question I wanted to ask. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, so let's get into the recaps. Um so our first story the Cowboys rallied back from an eight point deficit in the fourth quarter to beat the Seattle Seahawks forty one to thirty five. Um you know, I think that if the San Francisco 49ers didn't do absolutely unholy things to the Eagles this weekend, we might be calling Dallas the best team in the NFC right now. Um, the best teams find ways to win these close games, and even if the Seahawks are trending downward, they are still an NFL team and they played well enough to win. I know that like one of the criticisms of Dallas is that they haven't been able to beat like the really good teams, but... Seattle, I think, is one of those teams that, like, they look bad, but they're better than they've played. Like, I mean, they've still put up 35 points. If you put up 35 points, you expect to win that game. Yeah. So Dallas, to their credit, you know, they found a way to win that game. They were they were down in the fourth quarter. They found a way to come back and win. And uh, that's what the good teams do, you know. I mean, if we were talking about the freaking Titans, I mean, <laughs> like, not not this week, obviously, but the Titans in the years that they've been bad – you know, they, they do everything they can to lose against bad teams and then they beat the really good teams. So I, I think this might make me unpopular, uh, but I think that Dak Prescott should be an MVP candidate as well. Now, I wouldn't pick him as my MVP. Let me get that out there right now before, <laughs> before you know, <laughs> before Justin Downs or somebody hears this. is like, you think Dak should be the MVP? <laughs> no, but I think he should be an MVP candidate because he has the numbers and performances to back it up and unlike the current betting favorite who we'll get to a little later he is actually the best player on his side of the ball cd lamb has been a godsend for dak prescott um and the two have one of the best connections in the nfl um you know i don't think that's disputable cd is kind of one of those memes of you know f it cd down there somewhere like Dak, that can count on cd in the big moments Um, And I think that this year, specifically, they look a lot better as a duo than they have in previous years. Seattle, man, I don't know what to say. Uh, Last year's feel-good story, and Geno Smith seems to be coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, Last year, he didn't write back. He was just working on the letter he wrote back this year. Um, (laughs) And they're on track to miss the playoffs, despite a weaker-than-ever NFC. Um, And, yeah, I don't have too much more to say here. I thought the better team clearly won. And I'm actually really excited for this Cowboys-Eagles matchup coming up soon as the, NFA, the NFC East is now very much winnable for Dallas, even though it felt like Philly had put it away just two weeks ago. It's it's now kind of wide open. So, Justin, what were your, what were your thoughts on this game or just these teams as a whole?
1: Yeah, um, I'll start out on Seattle. Dude, they're spiraling, spiraling right now. I, I mean, I know we're not on our, you know, where we're right, where we're wrong takes. Um, but just a few weeks ago, I did say that Seattle was going to miss the playoffs and that trend is looking really, really good right now. Um, They're sitting at six and six. They're clinging to that last playoff spot and they still have to go to San Francisco. And then they host Philly in the next two weeks. More than likely that's going to put them at six and eight with three weeks left. And with the Rams and the Packers and the Vikings looking really good right now, there's not a hot, not a whole lot of room for him, you know. No. So, uh I know we're not on our right and wrong takes, but where Justin was right, was <laughs> that? <laughs> the gonna hear they're, they're Ast- going to win the Super Bowl now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll be my luck. No, I'm kidding,
1: I'm kidding. <laughs> um for Dallas, dude, I thought the thing that stood out the most to me was they did a great job at showing me that they can win close games. That was what I was most impressed by because they have seven wins by 20 or more points this this year. And let's be honest, they're against bottom feeder teams. And Seattle, I think is, I'm not going to sit there and say that they're a Super Bowl favorite, but they're a decent team. I mean, they're still in the playoff hunt. Right. So, you know, they're still a good team. And Dallas was able to not only win that game, but they were able to come back. And you know, face a little bit of of adversity that they haven't really faced a whole lot outside of San Francisco and 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 uh, Philly. Um, I will say I am still concerned about Dallas's inability to convert in the red zone. Uh, they went four of eight when they got down there, and they had a first and goal earlier in, early, early in the first quarter. Uh, had to settle for had to settle for a field goal. Um. Then they also let Seattle score right before the half and then score opening in the second half. It's those kind of things that are going to scare me about Dallas, um, especially when it comes comes down to like the crunch time of the playoffs. And I, I just don't think they're going to be able to get away with, with things like that when they play teams like Philly and San Francisco. Um, but like I said, they showed me they can win close games, and that's an important thing thing to be able to do um come January and one more thing I know that you mentioned that you wouldn't pick Dak for MVP um Uh Uh (laughs) but I would wow if if the season ended today and I had a vote for MVP I would vote for Dak Prescott um let me read off some of his numbers is averaging almost 270 yards a game. He is completing over 70% of his passes. He has 26 touchdowns and six picks. He currently holds the highest QBR, the second highest passer rating, and has led his team to a 9-3 record, which is the second best record in the NFC. And if not for the Eagles, which this isn't completely true because they lose the tiebreaker to San Francisco... Um, but if not for the Eagles, they'd have the, they'd have the number two seed in the playoffs. So they basically get home field advantage up until the NFC championship game where they're six and zero at home. What about the stats that I just said tells me he shouldn't be at least top three. And honestly, I think he should have full control of it right now. I just don't know another quarterback that's playing as well as he is. And let's be honest, the MVP is a quarterback award. I, don't, I just don't think there's another quarterback playing as well as he is right now.
0: I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, I, I I think right now the MVP race is probably one of the closer ones that uh, we've seen. Um,
1: yeah, I just don't think there's a clear-cut favorite this I year. I agree.
0: Um, the only reason why I wouldn't pick Dak as my MVP is because there's another person that I would pick that we'll, 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 we'll reveal later. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think we're on the same page as far as our takeaways from – this game i think that yeah i think that dallas was the better team and they won but i think it showed us a lot about who they are and how they can win these close games that i mean you know historically they've not always been the best at winning so um that's kind of all i had for that game did you have anything else
1: no nah, i'm good
0: all right well let's get it over with um you know we talked a couple was it a couple weeks ago now that we had our little funeral for our team our teams
1: uh yeah yeah cool
0: well uh the Colts survived in overtime against uh their division rival the Tennessee Titans my uh, my team as you can see by my my shirt and hat um as Gardner Minshew finds Michael Pittman for the game-winning score wasn't hard to find him he was wide open um and they pulled it out 31 to 28 in overtime Justin I'm gonna let you go first because I don't know if you've seen the notes but I have like a page and a half of notes to say um yeah, it's a lot. And, uh, I'll let you go first. So <laughs> give us your takeaway.
1: Um, all right. Well, uh, dude, if this is what we're going to get from the AFC South moving forward, like between last week's Texans-Jags game and then you get this, like, dude, it makes me so excited for the AFC South. Like you get a bunch of young and hungry franchises with, with, you know, up-and-coming quarterbacks that should be franchise quarterbacks for the next 10 years and they just get to go at it, like, dude, it's exciting. It is, and that's the only
0: positive I have from this week, so...
1: Yeah. Um, um, dude, this game sucks. This that. game sucks for that. y'all. <laughs> uh, uh, you deserve to win that game so many times. Um, I, I Honestly, I'm hoping one of our listeners can explain to me what roughing the kicker is, because, dude, they... I genuinely think they just absolutely murdered Ryan Stonehouse on the field. Like it wasn't like a they hit him. No, like they they had a casket on the field for him. <laughs> Maybe that's too they... far because Demar Hamlin. Um, but like I, I don't know. I, I so I guess I don't know what roughing the kicker is. I uh,
0: I will interrupt you really quick. I have this in my notes, but I wanted to. Um, I'll just interject here. I actually had to look up the definition of roughing the kicker so that I could, I could find it. So let me, let me just read to you this bullet point that I have here. Um, Cause I wanted to say it like this in my portion, but we'll go ahead and get it out of the way. So Ryan Stonehouse got the upper half of his body severed from the lower half of his body on back-to-back punts. Uh, he got the business from the Colts special teams unit on a blocked punt and then a blocked punt that they actually ruled a fumble. They weren't roughing the kicker because the defender made contact with the ball first. That, that's the reason. If the defender makes contact with the ball first, all that goes out the window. Even though the punter is a defenseless player, he he's, he's mid punt. We protect him until that brown oblong thing is grazed. In which case, then we ignore that the defender lowers his shoulder and just murders Ryan Stonehouse. So there's my there's my little interjection there. Um, I'll let you let you get back to your your point. I just wanted to wanted to throw that out there that. Um, I had to look that one up because I was also very curious.
1: That's garbage. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, as for Indy, um, once again, we're not in the Justin right, Justin wrong here. But I did say a few weeks ago that they're going to make the playoffs. They're currently seven and five with the seven seed with five weeks left. To be
0: fair, they They are only going to make the playoffs because it feels like half the AFC doesn't want to.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, they have favorable wins or favorable games. I'm not going to say they're for sure wins, uh, but they have favorable games against Cincy, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and Las Vegas, and then uh, I believe they play the Texans that last week, or maybe it's maybe they play the Jags. Either way, um, it's hard to imagine that they don't get ten wins. I mean, unless the wheels just absolutely fall off. It that I don't know. Uh, oh and one more thing they are five and one on the road which is a fantastic sign considering they're gonna have to go on the road to make the playoff or you know, they're gonna have to go on the road in the playoffs um so i'm not saying that they're going to but i won't be shocked if maybe they make the divisional round because of that because they're such a good road team yeah um it kind of probably just depends on the matchup that they get uh, that's kind of all I had.
0: Well, so I I definitely think that if they make the playoffs, they're a one-and-done team. The reason is, you know, they, they need Anthony Richardson. I I just, Gardner Minshew, he's been just a phenomenal backup, don't get me wrong, but at some point you need your guy. And if, if things stay as they are right now, I think the Ravens are the two seed.
1: I believe so. Uh,
0: so they would get Baltimore. Uh, yeah
1: which baltimore beat or uh indy beat baltimore indy d- and that was i believe i believe that was game was in baltimore indy too. he
0: did beat baltimore but let's not act like they would do that again
1: <laughs> but let's be honest and in, in that game specifically baltimore beat baltimore
0: yeah baltimore played like garbage um <laughs> so um are you ready
1: Let's hear it. I'm ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I called this Peterson's pissed off party to you earlier. And uh, just buckle up, buddy, because here we go. So just when I thought I wasn't going to have anything to cheer for, the Titans, you know, they gave me, once again, one of those games that just truly embodies life as a Titans fan. We do every ca- everything we can to force overtime just to screw ourselves over with penalties and then give up wide open 50-yard passes and wide open touchdown passes. We have an immature and young team in key positions like corner and safety and linebacker and (laughs) defensive line and (laughs) offensive line, and it shows with bad decision-making and getting burned in plays where we absolutely need to make the right read or to break up a pass to not get beat. Um, I made my Ryan Stonehouse point a minute ago, um, but yeah, losing our punter is rough, Um, you know. Beyond that, injuries, I think, were the other real big takeaway from this game. I mean, Derrick Henry got his head dribbled off the turf and left the game with a concussion. Josh Wiley walked him to the locker room with a leg injury. And then Jeff, Jeffrey Simmons also left the game with a knee injury as well. And so not only did we lose a game, we should have won. But, you know, all the injuries just really left a sour taste in my mouth. It did. Shout-out to Nick Folk, because he stepped in and had two, I mean, punts. that They were 40 and 42 yards, and, you know, you, you take those. That Nick Folk has never punted once in his 16-year career until Sunday, and he had two 40-yard punts. That's about all.
1: Yeah, I thought he did a good job, yeah. I mean, he had
0: two punts that were, I mean, he flipped field position. He, he he did everything he needed him to do there. And then Ryan Tannehill made an appearance back in the game. The GOAT, Uh, so he came in and... Held for the extra point on a touchdown that was missed. Or, he, yeah, he held a, for the extra point, which got missed because of the touchdown, and then he held the ball for uh, the field goal to take the lead in overtime, truly living up to his Tana Goat name one more time because he fixed his mistake and put it helped put us into position to win. Although I really don't think he had a bad hold, but he, he owned up to it. He said, my bad, after the miss because the timing was a little off because he hasn't held for a field goal kicker since Marcus Mariota was the starting quarterback. So, it's been a minute.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <clears throat> now, I don't like to accuse a team of being dirty because at the end of the day it is just football, stuff happens, but I have one thing I have to get off my chest, Justin,
1: and this is R- really quickly because I know what I know what you're talking about is the the hits on the on Ryan Stonehouse, yes. right? How on earth do the Titans give up two consecutive blocked punts? Oh, yeah, no. You think think you'd learn after the first one, hey, they're coming after our punter, maybe get the ball out a little quicker, have him stand two more yards back put another blocker back there something i mean See, you, you can't just let points, him have free run at the at the punter the points
0: that you were bringing up are the reason why yesterday the news broke that our special teams coordinator was fired
1: <laughs> oh, okay good, good. <laughs> no, he no he lost his that. job <laughs> he lost his job okay good yeah he, d- he doesn't deserve to have yeah
0: no um after that yeah, that was no. bad. okay so let, let me let me now let me now get to you uh let me now let me now get to my my rant because this is the big problem I had with this game. So Colts linebacker Zaire Franklin or Zaire is it Zaire. Zaire. Yeah, Colt, Colts linebacker Zaire Franklin had a quote after the game that is just inexcusable. He was crediting their special teams unit uh, for creating a point swing that the Titans could not overcome. And let me let me just read this quote to you because it, it's it's pretty egregious. So he said, you knock the punter out of the game and they can't kick the extra point. That's how this game gets to overtime. I told all the young guys, look, that's how you know your special teams is really making plays when they're affecting the outcome of the game. This quote pisses me off, Justin. This is such an awful book. Yeah. Like, you, you don't want to be sending the message that injuring a player on the other team is how you want a game. But then to be proud of that? No, like, that just straight up makes the Colts look like a dirty team, and that is inexcusable if their intent was to take Ryan Stonehouse out of the game. Like, I don't care what you tell me, if it was, if, it, if they meant to, or if it was truly just an accident, incidental contact, whatever, I'm not listening to that garbage. When you have a guy bragging about it to his teammates and telling him that's how you win a game, you lose all respect from me. The Indianapolis Colts are a dirty team, and it's a damn shame because they were kind of fun to root for, but I'm done with that. You're not going to do that shit around here. <laughs> like i
1: genuinely yeah that's not that does not paint them no in the best it doesn't
0: and i genuinely don't have anything else to say i mean the titans played well enough to win this game and they lost because the opposing opposing team decided that hurting a player was more important to their success than beating them outright. that that's my takeaway and i don't care what people say it's they 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 injured our punter and that's how they won the game and they meant to according to their linebacker <laughs>
1: Yeah, even if that's not the way he meant to meant that quote to come you can't off, say that. that's how it you kinda cannot comes say that. Off. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of comes off. He, that
0: lo- way. he looked at his young guys and he like was, was like, "Yeah, man, we hurt their punter, and that's how we got this. Ex- we got the win. Like that's how you do it. That's how. That's how you know your special teams is good when they're affecting the outcome of the game. But what affected the outcome of the game was you saying you knocked the punter out. So are we just intentionally hurting players now to win games like that? I'm sorry, I'm getting worked up. That is such a bad look. <laughs> yeah let's move on before i throw a phone or something <laughs> um so <laughs> on to the broncos unfortunately russell wilson throws three interceptions including jimmy wards pick in the end zone to seal the game for the texans 22 to 17 my key takeaway here was let russ cook oh god he burnt the water <laughs> Look, Russ had a bad game. I don't. I don't. There's no way to around that. He completed 15 of 26 for 186 yards with a single touchdown with three interceptions. <laughs> uh, this was one of those games where I felt like the the Broncos got down early. Like I mean, at halftime I think it was 13 nothing, or it was, it was something like that. It was 13 nothing or 13 to three. It wasn't good.
1: Yeah, it was something like that. Um,
0: and they just could not get anything going in the first half. They just had a really slow start. Prior to that first pick. It was 16 to 10, Houston, um, and Denver's defense was playing well. I mean, they held the electric Texans offense to field goals three times. They sacked CJ Stroud five times and held him to 16 of 27 um, with um, 274 yards and only one touchdown pass. Sorry, I got tripped up because in my notes I said they held him to 16 of 27 yards passing for 274 yards.
1: <laughs> you you try I tried that's and that's what matters. What
0: matters. They also held the Texans to 89 total rush yards on 30 carries, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Denver just cannot overcome throwing three interceptions and four drives at the end of the game, even when one of those drives is a touchdown pass to bring it 22-17. to uh, This clearly showed me that Denver got away from what makes them successful, and Russ cannot get out of his own way sometimes with his decision-making. And then the last real piece of news here is that the Texans and my fantasy team lost Tank Dell for the year with a fractured fibula, which is just awful considering he had been playing out of his mind prior to this game. Justin, you know where, where do the Broncos go from here, and uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Texans?
1: Um, man, the, Bronco, the Broncos' uh, win streak finally comes to an end, man. In, man. Um, I, I just didn't think Russ played near well enough to to win this game. Um, look, I, I know that Houston's defense is solid, but he can't have games like this. If he's trying to, you know, make a playoff push. And this felt like a very winnable game for the Broncos. And it, it felt like a huge missed opportunity for them to, uh, to, you know, get back and, and insert themselves potentially into the, to the playoff conversation. Cause now they fall a, a game behind, uh, Houston. Yeah. Um, uh fun fact, CJ Stroud now leads the league in passing yards, which is something that a rookie hasn't wow. done since 1939. 1939. Oh by the by uh, that's that's by incredible. The
0: way, that uh other MVP that I would pick that I alluded to earlier, uh yeah, it's CJ Stroud. I know this isn't the hot take uh, section, but it is CJ <laughs> <C>. Stroud. <laughs>
1: I, I am interested to see how this team reacts to Tank Dell being out for the season. Um, I thought Nico Collins stepped up in a really big way. Uh, shout out to my fantasy team. Um, but he, he's he got to continue doing that. And uh, kind of like what you just said, I, I, I know I said that Dak needs to be in the conversation. I also think that CJ Stroud needs to be in the conversation. Um, and I know that I've talked about him before, but I just I feel like I need to re- reiterate it. He has thrown for the most yards in the NFL, which is 80 more yards than Sam Howell. And keep in mind that Sam Howell has thrown the ball 91 more times, or roughly about three more games 91
0: worth. 91 times? Oh, my. I didn't realize that. Sam
1: Howell has thrown the ball over f- almost 520 times. Hey Lord.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, yeah. Washington's been down by a million in, like, every game they played. So.
1: That's true. Um, he has 20 touchdowns and 5 picks so that equates to um a 4 to 1 ratio and then other QBs in the conversation that you want to talk about would include Tua who uh has 24 touchdowns and 10 picks and which is a 2.4 to 1 ratio. You I mean, got the 4 to 1 and part, then you right? have just, you
0: know, <laughs> two There's yeah, a two yeah, there's in, front, two of in, in front of it.
1: You have Brock Purdy who is currently the betting favorite who's thrown 23 touchdowns and six picks. So uh, not quite the four to one ratio, just shy of 3. it. 3.97. Uh, <laughs> something, something like something that. Like yeah. that. Uh, and then Jalen Hurts, who has a 19 uh, touchdown and 10 picks this year. Um, I would include Lamar Jackson, but he is like 13 and six. Yeah, something like that. So it <laughs> wasn't, wasn't really worth it. Um, I, I just don't see how he's not in the conversation or how you exclude him, other than the fact that he's a rookie. I just don't see how you exclude yeah, him. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts from that game.
0: Yeah, the only real, like, quantifier I will give to, um, or qualifier I will give to Jalen Hurts and Lamar both is that, yeah, their, their touchdown-to-interception the ratio looks kind of bad, but we also they also have a lot of rushing touchdowns, too. So, like...
1: I think we also need to keep in mind for, at least for especially Hurts. like yeah. Jalen Hurts <laughs> and, and well no we also need to keep in mind for Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy that look at the talent they have oh around yeah them. dude it's crazy like I, I know that we're getting ready to talk about this but Brock Purdy has Christian McCaffrey George Kittle Debo Samuel and Brandon I and somehow
0: he's the betting favorite the, for MVP
1: that's like that's one of the best. Uh, a supporting cast you could ask for and then Jalen Hurts has Devonte Smith AJ Brown Dallas Goddard DeAndre Swift like that's a really good supporting cast yeah. we're talking about CJ Stroud who has Nico Collins who I'd never heard of until this season Tank Dell who's a rookie I don't even know who their wide receiver three is uh Robert Woods uh, Noah, Noah Brown or, or Robert Woods? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, like, what, Dalton Schultz. He, he's serviceable, but let's not act like he's Dallas Goddard or or uh, George Cato. I mean, Cato. he's
0: like, to, he's like <laughs> tight end number, like, six or seven in fantasy right now. And then the running back is
1: Devin Singletary. It was Damian Pierce before he got hurt, and now it's Devin Singletary. Yeah. Like, worlds, worlds it's of world a difference, of difference in supporting backs. You know, no, I think... Like... <laughs> well, like, I, I just, I don't see, if you're, if, if you're talking numbers, CJ Stroud's the oh, favorite. Absolutely. And then you throw in the aspect of the supporting cast. He wins that too. And then you throw in the fact of, he took a team that won, what, three games last year? Yeah, because they
0: were going to get the number one overall pick, but then, um, Lovey Smith decided that they needed that last
1: win real bad. <laughs> yeah, and now they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> what more, what more of an argument do I need for him? <laughs> like, what more well, of an
0: argument do I need? I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, get I'm out I'm with here. you. No, I'm completely right. with you. We can move on. <laughs> you know, I think it's funny because, like, MVP is obviously, like, it's become a quarterback award, which kind of sucks. But even then, it's like the quarterbacks that win it are the best player on their team, typically. I mean, you've got some weird run-offs. Yeah. But, like, Brock Purdy's not even, like, the fourth best player on his team. And he's the betting favorite. <laughs> I don't get
1: it. I w- <laughs> I would say he's – I would say he's the fourth best player on his on
0: offense. On his offense, yes.
1: On his offense, I think yeah. he's the fourth best player. But
0: I would probably put Nick Bosa above him, and that's on defense.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Dre Greenlaw, Maybe. too.
0: But anyway, let's speaking of the 49ers and the Eagles, let's get on to that uh, 49ers football practice. As the 49ers dominated the Eagles in the NFC Championship game rematch, uh, 42-19 to as Brock Purdy threw for 320 yards and four touchdowns.
1: Uh, Justin Downs, if you're listening, you might just want to skip. Yeah, that part.
0: Yeah, uh, I know. I joked that the 49ers were going to win 52 to seven last week,
1: e? and I mean, that was, e? where Ben was right?
0: Question mark. I mean, the, the Eagles did a Not little bit too more far than off. that, but woo, that was rough. My top uh, note here in my recap is stop, stop. They're already dead. <laughs> Listen, man, the 49ers they played like they had something to prove, and that's what the difference was. Uh, they talked a lot of shit after that NFC championship game about how the Eagles won because they lost their quarterback and good Lord, did they play like that was the case? <laughs> uh, yeah. The Eagles <laughs> came out slow and got absolutely run over by a hungry 49ers team. Now, I mean, the Eagles aren't healthy. I mean, we have to, we have to throw that out there. You know, Jalen hurts is definitely uh, making good with his last name and the team is not full strength. Um, however, I can't sit here in good faith and claim right now that injuries were the difference here in this game without mentioning the 49ers likely win last year's NFC Championship game if Brock Purdy's arm doesn't fall off. This game was way more about what the 49ers did than what the Eagles didn't do. I mean, let's give credit where it's due. Uh, The 49ers felt like they had been, whether fairly or unfairly, written off as the inferior team after last year and this year. When in their minds, they were the better team. And they absolutely played like they were trying to prove that. You know, I, I gave him crap saying he wasn't the best player on his te- on his offense, but Brock Purdy played amazing. Uh, you know, there's no two ways about that. He completed 19 of 27 for 314 and four touchdowns. Uh, Which, you know, he's currently the betting favorite for MVP. And while I don't agree with that at all, I understand why. I mean, he's leading that team. He's their quarterback, and he's making the right plays when they're fully healthy to get that team into excellent situations early in the game. I mean, this game was never in doubt. There was never one point in time where I thought the Eagles were in this game. I think I agree with you. Uh, Christian McCaffrey will end up being the greatest dual threat running back of all time. Uh, He had 17 carries for 93 yards and a touchdown, and then another three catches for 40 yards when they needed him. Brock Purdy threw the five total receivers. He threw to Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, and Christian McCaffrey. Debo had an incredible game. He went for 116 yards and two touchdowns on four catches. <laughs> and then Kittle, Ayuk, Jennings, and McCaffrey had 68, 46, 44, and 40 receiving receiving yards respectively, with Ayuk and Jennings both having a touchdown catch as well. Their defense gave Jalen Hurts and the Eagles absolute fits all night. So the 49ers, at least on Sunday afternoon, they were the far superior team. Now onto the Eagles. I mean, Jalen Hurts played pretty okay like he went he went 26 of 45 for 298 yards and a touchdown and he had a rushing touchdown but i think honestly if I, like if i'm being objective that 26 of 45 the fact that he threw the ball 45 times is part of the reason why they lost this game <clears throat> he was also banged up during the game and we had a marcus Mariota siding baby titans legend granted he was out there for three passes and then he came back out as Jalen came back in but he was out there the 49ers held the eagle to 46 total rushing yards justin Jalen hurts was their leading rusher with 20 you are not going to win many games when you're held to 46 rushing yards and 287 passing yards as a team so those were kind of my takeaways um what, what what do you think about this game?
1: Uh yeah, I mean I wouldn't be concerned too much about the two hundred and eighty seven <clears throat> yeah. passing yards. I, I think that's a good day. That's a day. good day. That's a good um, day if you're running game on the
0: field, but they weren't. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think two eighty seven against that defense is is a good the, day. The part that the part um, that for me
0: that was a bit bad was the fact that he threw the ball forty five times, only completed twenty six of them and only had 287 yards. If you're throwing the ball for 45 times, you want to see more than 287. You better, you better be throwing. For yeah, you want to see more than 287. That's where I'm calling it a bad game. Yeah. It's not necessarily that 287 is a bad stat by itself. It's it's in context.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, no, Debo was talking a whole lot of smack before this game, um, saying that the Niners would have won that won that NFC Championship if if uh, Brock Purdy was healthy and uh, he backed
0: it up. <laughs> That's the thing. If yeah, you're talk, uh, it, you better back it up. And good lord, did they? He
1: he talked he talked his he talked his stuff, and uh, yeah, he backed it up. There was uh, he didn't leave any doubt I'm on sorry. there either. It's not like this was a close game. Uh, the Eagles got absolutely boat raced in the like it. I like it. That was not I like close. It. Boat raced. That was not close. That they, they held. I, honestly, I was sitting here thinking, okay. Eagles are doing really good. First quarter yeah. held the Niners to negative six yes, yards. Sir. I'm sitting here thinking, I think the Eagles might yeah, run away was with this there, one. After
0: the first quarter, I was sitting there like, what are we talking about? The 49ers are the better. Oh, <laughs> and then they gave up six consecutive touchdowns on six drives. That's genuinely how that went for me. It was uh, like, it was like, man, the 49ers aren't anything. <laughs> like, what are they talking? Why are they talking all this smack? They're not that. Go- oh.
1: yeah i i mean oh man when healthy i think they're the best roster oh yeah absolutely (laughs) and and i think they prove that i think they have proved that i think they're back i i completely understand why they're the super bowl betting favorite right now and i wouldn't want to run into them anytime soon i do want to address the brock purdy mvp conversations because i i know this is the third time i've talked about the mvp um but let's be honest we're getting down to it we got five yeah Pretty um,
0: pretty
1: know it. like you said, or, and like we talked about a little earlier, er, earlier he—he's the fourth best player on his offense. I would say that Debo, Christian McCaffrey, and Trent Williams are all way more valuable than Brock Purdy is. Way more valuable. I—I I don't think it's close no. because if—if you—if you—if you take out Trent Williams and Debo, which they did for three games. He was mid.
0: <laughs> and that's putting it. They lost all three games. He was mid.
1: <laughs> they <laughs> lost all three games that Debo and Trent Williams were out. And you're going to sit there and tell me that Brock Purdy is the most valuable player on his own offense? No, nah, I, I don't buy it. I don't no. buy it
0: and that, 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 that's, that's all thing. i have we can like the on. better i feel like the the betters and like the media people that like are all on board the brock Purdy mvp train it's like they just forgot about those three games <laughs> like it's it's crazy to me how much i know it, it it's like week to week
1: <laughs> it, it's like you ha- I i feel like they just ignore the whole picture and, and they just they're like oh he had a really good game he's the mvp now what was that point? Like, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's what i imagine the mvp voters sound like when they're talking in a room together <laughs> <He's the MVP. laughs> that's what i imagine they sound like all
0: right let's move on before we get canceled um <laughs> so before we get to this next topic i just want to gosh you got me crying over here i just want to give a shout out to my uh soon-to-be uh brother-in-law justin frazier uh this is the segment you have been waiting for all season buddy so here you go the Green Bay Packers outlast the Kansas City Chiefs in Lambeau 27 to 19 where we saw Jordan Love outduel Patrick Mahomes and he got his revenge from that first career start last year. Shout out some shout out to Jordan Love, my man. So, on that topic, let's give the Packers some love. They played amazing. I mean, they thoroughly outplayed the Chiefs and they won that game. Um, the Chiefs at no point to me looked like they should have won this game. You know, the narrative all week or all day that I've seen has been Oh, the Chiefs got screwed over by the refs because MVS didn't get that defensive pass interference. Okay, but let's let's look at it. Questionable calls went both ways. You know, the two biggest calls of the game, Patrick Mahomes got hit a yard in bounds, and they called it legal contact on the Packers, despite Mahomes literally still fighting for yards when this hit occurred. Meanwhile, you know, MVS, he absolutely deserved the defensive pass interference call. Like, I, anybody watching that game would tell you that was defensive pass interference. But he didn't get it, and I believe that's because it was a makeup no-call for the Packers after screwing them before that on the hit on Mahomes. This came down to me that the Chiefs lacked energy and they lacked urgency, and the Packers absolutely capitalized. You know, Jordan Love was exactly what they needed him to be. It's almost like he heard all the haters and was like, Nah, I'm going to be the guy. Watch this. He threw for 267. He wrote back. Yeah, for real.
1: Well, no, I guess he didn't write back. I don't know. Whatever the saying is. Yeah. Whatever He said, they wrote me off. Shit. I didn't
0: write back, though. Um, that, that's yeah. what it was. But, yeah, he was exactly what they needed him to be. He threw for 267 and three touchdowns. Um, Jordan Love deserves all the flowers for this game. This is the exact kind of game that I think he needed to really silence some of the doubters that, hey, I can be the guy for this franchise. Um, you know, I, I think we tend to overlook the fact sometimes that his receiving core is not great and his running game is definitely not what it has been. Uh, you know, I don't even know if AJ Dillon and, um, Aaron Jones are healthy, but they both are, uh, they both are not running like they used to, if nothing else. So, you know, all around a great win for the Packers. I thought their defense played well and, uh, yeah. Props to the Packers for just being the better team during that game. Justin, what were your thoughts here?
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I thought Jordan Love played fantastic, dude. I, I mean, he did everything that his team needed him to do. He made some amazing throws along the way, including a, a bomb to Romeo Dobbs on fourth down, which I don't know how he caught that. Was that crazy. I mean, it was crazy. Like, was like he, he, like, turned around in triple coverage, like, falling down just... And Jordan Love perfect pass oh, right into red basket. I mean, I mean it, like that was that was fantastic. Now, some of the, some and of then, the Jordan Love hate, like
0: I think has come from the fact that like he hadn't made those kind of throws. Yeah. Sorry, I just I just realized and, you had something. And then that he and then he, Sorry about that, but yeah. Yeah,
1: he, he he follows it up with just an absolute dot to Christian Watson in the touch or in the end yeah. zone. Uh, I mean. Uh, that like and the announcers were sitting there saying, "Oh my gosh, that was such an amazing catch!" It, it was, was, but
0: like that, but that, that, throw pass. Was imm- that that throw was
1: immaculate because you throw. <laughs> Whew, if you I mean, underthrow he...
0: that it gets undercut and run back thirty yards for a pick, and if you overthrow it, it gets picked off in the end zone.
1: <laughs> like, if if he overthrows it, it was just going to go over Christian Watson's head, and if he underthrows it, it's getting yeah. picked off. So like that, it was like perfect. Um, I think what we're starting to see is the front office and the coaches. starting are starting to finally trust this guy and 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 kind of you know understand what he is you know i i don't think maybe maybe in the beginning i think the front office the fans the coaches were like oh we we need this to be the the next aaron Rodgers and i just don't i just don't think that's who he is is, i think and
0: i had a point to
1: and I, i i just i just think that I, you know he's he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers but that's okay because he's a kid right he he's learning his his wide receiver core are kids you know we have Aaron Rodgers who who was 39 years old last year 38 years old throwing to you know 23 year old Christian, Christian Watson and getting frustrated right. with him that doesn't happen with Jordan Love because he's he's also 23 right. 24 exactly. years old exactly jordan love like, like they're they're growing and learning right. together and K- and that's, that's what's Can amazing. I further
0: strengthen your argument real quick? Because this is what I tried to interrupt you with for a second and then let you finish. <laughs>
1: um, yeah.
0: So, you know, people, I think, get so spoiled by what Aaron Rodgers and what Brett Favre became that they forget. Aaron Rodgers was 6-10 and 10 his first year as a Green Bay Packer. Like... People want Jordan Love to step in and be MVP Aaron Rodgers. Like they're not allowing him some growing pains, and I know he's been there forever. But let's not act like Aaron Rodgers ever gave him a chance to, you know, take first team reps or ever tried to mentor him. Like that didn't. Ha- we know that didn't happen because Aaron Rodgers was mad that he was even there. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, Jordan Love is basically coming in as a not a rookie. I mean, he has gotten to learn behind and watch Aaron Rodgers, but he definitely is coming in inexperienced and. You know, the fact that he has the Packers in playoff contention at all, I mean, that's a better start than they got with Aaron Rodgers. So people, people just need, like, I understand, like, he hasn't been great, and I know we've dogged on him some too because he just had some very questionable decision-making. But like you said, he's a kid. Like, he needs some grace, and to expect the Packers to just immediately be a contender with him is definitely selling him short, I think.
1: Yeah, but the most important thing that we've seen is exactly no
0: for sure some of the throws he's made even just this game are better than what he was at the beginning of the year like
1: oh yeah um here here it comes anyway i'm
0: ready for this part
1: (laughs) i know i i truly i truly do try to be as unbiased (laughs) as i possibly can i i don't like to hate on players unless we're doing our roast of the week then it's more of a fun thing
0: I don't know that I would call anything that I said about the Chargers today fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, try to there make it go. fun. We try. It was, uh, this is not always fun, <laughs> but we try. Anyway. Good <laughs> Lord. I just cannot. No, dare I say, I hate Patrick Mahomes with a burning passion. <laughs> he complains about every little bit of contact to either him or his receivers. I mean, it's so bad. Every every single play. I'm not joking. Unless it's a running play that doesn't involve him. If it is a any pass play, any pass play, he is looking at the rest for con for for a call, asking for a call, or throwing up his arms, doing doing whatever, complaining about it every single every single pass. Dude, it's it's unbearable. It is so it. I've never seen a quarterback complain as much as he does, and and whine for calls. I agree. Can I? I mean, it's it's incredible. It's I've never before seen
0: before you it. get to your next point uh, here because I, I I obviously it's in our notes. I can see it. Can I just the thing that had me dying and the thing that immediately made me think of you during this game was whenever jordan love had that touchdown pass and chris collinsworth was like now that's something we would see from patrick mahomes and i'm like you can't even make the opposing quarterback do something right without making it about patrick mahomes like what are we talking about oh my gosh
1: (laughs) and and we're I was sitting there watching that game, and Chris Collinsworth oh is, once again, also also unbearable Justin to might listen hate, to when Justin it comes to a Kansas City Chiefs game.
0: Justin might hate Chris Collinsworth more than he hates Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like, genuinely. <laughs> he, like,
1: watching a Chiefs game with him or Tony Romo is unbearable. Because in that game, I'm sitting there watching it, and the entire time that the Packers, like, after, after Mahomes throws that pick— After Mahomes throws an interception, we're sitting here saying, and and Chris Collins was sitting here saying, well, you got to make sure that you take all the time you can, because you don't want to give too much time back to Patrick Mahomes, because he'll go down and he'll score on you. Dude, I understand. I understand. Patrick Mahomes is a good quarterback. He is. He's the best quarterback in the league. I'm not going to sit here and debate that. But... The meat writing that is done, <laughs> I'm trying to try to think of a PG version of way to say that that is done with Patrick Mahomes is just. Oh, we've had our first meat. I can't <laughs> stand it. Meat
0: writing statement on the podcast.
1: I can't stand it.
0: Man, this is a good. Episode. I mean, it is just <laughs> this awful. This is fun.
1: Um, however i will say i don't think his team is good enough around <laughs> I just
0: love the change in tone too <laughs> <laughs> um
1: <laughs> no oh, he goodness. he essentially needs to be perfect to give his offense a chance to win it and in this game specifically he wasn't because that pick that was intended for sky moore was a huge blunder and it allowed green bay to milk the clock even more I I I I don't know. I don't think the AFC Championship game is running through Kansas City this year. I know they have a fairly easy schedule for the rest of the season, but I just don't see yeah. it. They're they're in 4th place yeah. right now. Uh, no, they're in, I think they might be in 3rd with Jacksonville losing. Either
0: way. Damn, damn bro, that uh, that interception he threw looked like Tyler Boyd out there, am I right? Uh, oh. <laughs> what a transition. Oh. <laughs> what a transition. So (laughs) the the Jaguars 34 to 31 in overtime on Monday night football as Trevor Lawrence gets hurt in the fourth quarter and Jake Browning goes 32 of 37, which is just bonkers for 354 yards and a touchdown. Joe Mixon, whom I conveniently left on my fantasy bench, added two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Justin, is Jake Browning the goat?
1: I mean... You, Jake Browning. Do you mean Jake Goading?
0: I mean, we went from, wow, time to watch the Bengals get the business to us texting each other, are, are the Jaguars ass? <laughs> now, that that yeah. might be a bit of an overreaction, but the Jaguars are the better team for sure. And, I mean, you know, unfortunately, you'd think that if they had Trevor Lawrence to finish that game, the outcome is probably different. I know he hadn't done much, but, I mean, generally with games.
1: He played the almost the entire game i I mean i know i know he didn't play the most important drive in ot but he played (laughs) i mean theoretically that game should not have been it shouldn't have been and i completely agree
0: like the bengals definitely played up but you just have to like in those kind of situations the better quarterback wins a majority of the time
1: I would say 85% right. so, of the time. The team that has the better quarterbacks right. can So, play. you know,
0: and again, I'm not taking anything away from the Bengals, and I, I'm not blaming the injury on the Bengals winning that game. The Bengals, I think, outplayed the Jaguars completely, but, you know, I think that if they have Trevor Lawrence in overtime, I think he finds a way to get it done. I mean, no, no offense to C.J. Bethard, but, I mean, there's a reason he is a career backup. Yeah. Now to the point that I referenced a minute ago, Tyler Boyd proved to everyone on primetime national television why he is not and should never be a quarterback. After he threw the ball directly to Josh Allen on the Jaguars defense to set up a scoring opportunity for the Jags, like, I, what was he thinking? Like, like we'll, we'll get to the uh, play call. We'll get to dude. the play call in a minute. I don't want to focus on the play call. Right now, Tyler Boyd looked directly at Josh Allen. Was like, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> like. Like, like if you watch that if you watch that replay freaking uh freaking jake browning is like face down in the turf like he had just got pushed over and ah, tyler boyd's like dude that I looks don't good Like, what was uh, I, don't, I don't know
1: i genuinely don't know what he saw or what was trying to be accomplished <laughs> he, there he does I know,
0: know they were wearing white that game right because that <laughs> that was, that was uh, my question yeah
1: <laughs> do we need to do we need to get tyler Boyd tested for colorblindness that <laughs> Wait, might be it. it's white. maybe just maybe it's just that <laughs> maybe he just can't uh, see
0: maybe not zach taylor overall i thought did okay i mean he played a little too conservatively at times and then he had some interesting trick plays question mark yeah we'll call that <laughs> that is a word you could put there <laughs> Uh, The Bengals, like I said a minute ago, they played out of their minds, and I don't think Jacksonville was expecting that at all. I mean, they just seemed unprepared and had some defensive mishaps that wound up costing them the game. I mean, they let Joe Mixon run through them, and Joe Mixon has, I mean, love the guy, but he has lost a step. And the Jags have a pretty good run defense, and ooh. (laughs) If I'm the Jaguars, though, I am very worried after this game. I mean, not only did you lose to a Bengals team that should be all but eliminated right now without Joe Burrow, but Trevor Lawrence got run over by his own lineman and is now out for an undetermined amount of time with that high ankle sprain. I just... The Jaguars, to me, I feel like they moved down a tier with this loss and with the injury to Trevor Lawrence because they went from a Super Bowl contender to, I mean, they might be like a divisional round of best team. Yeah. So... That's all I had. I'll let you get on to, hopefully not Tavner's tirade, but there should be some good moments here still. So go ahead.
1: Yeah, um, I do want to give Zach Taylor flowers. Um,
0: take a take a couple before, flowers away for the trick plays, but he can yeah, have he can have most yeah, of a bouquet. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. He, he's yeah. Out of the dozen, I'll give him. I'll give him. Okay, I'll give him eight fair. flowers. I give him an. I give him an eight out of twelve. Which is a weird ranking system, but whatever. <laughs> um, I, no, I I thought he did a great job uh preparing Jake Browning for this game. Um I thought he you know, he did a he did a really good job getting him getting him going early in the passing game. Uh, you know, a lot of easy high completion or high percentage completions. Um you know, and, and the thing that I thought was amazing is he, he let his playmakers get involved. Bro, that was crazy. He let Jamar Chase cook. He let T. Higgins cook. He let Tyler Boyd do whatever <laughs> Tyler Boyd did. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he to call it. He let Tyler Boyd be um, on the field. Um. <laughs> he let Tyler Boyd burn the cereal. <laughs> um, no, I am just baffled. I am I am I am baffled. I am baffled. I am befuddled. I am I, 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 I don't, I don't even know, know. I don't know. I don't Trick, trick
0: plays had Justin absolutely margledorfed.
1: <laughs> I'm margledorfed right now, dude. The, the first one was a pass from Jamar Chase back to Jake Browning uh, for negative eight yards. <laughs> that
0: one was so bad.
1: And then Zach Taylor said, That went so Let's well. Do it again.
0: Let's do it again! <laughs> like,
1: and then Tyler Boyd throws an interception because I don't know who he's looking at!
0: I texted you after the first one. I was like, why is Jamar Chase throwing the ball? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, oh, your inexperienced quarterback who has started one game in his career was playing really well on the road in primetime against a really good opponent. Why? Why run those plays? Why, why, why give Jacksonville an opportunity to make a play here? Why, why? Like, I understand he didn't call those plays with the expectation that Tyler Boyd was going to throw it right to Josh Allen <laughs> directly. I understand. <laughs> he, I, like, like, oh, it, it literally looked like Tyler Boyd looked Josh Allen in the eyes and said, "Hey, <laughs> here catch you us. go." <laughs> no,
0: he no, <laughs> like you take it.
1: I mean, seriously. Like, I I know that Zach Taylor did not call those plays with the intention of that happening, but it just doesn't make sense to me. I I don't know why you have to get fancy in a situation, you know, in a situation like that. You've been running the ball with a lot of success. Jake Browning went thirty-two of thirty-seven. Clearly, he was having a good game. Why? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. As for Jacksonville, um. The thing that amazes me the most is that Travis Etienne got eleven carries for forty-five yards, against a defense that gives up almost a hundred and thirty on the ground.
0: Yeah, that was interesting.
1: I saw a stat that in the twenty-two years that the AFC North has had this combination of four teams, the tight or the, not the Titans—it it was, was the Titans, Titans at one point. Uh, uh, the Bengals, yeah, the the Bengals, the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Browns. In the in the twenty two years that those four teams have been in the division, so four times twenty two. That means there's been a total of eighty eight teams in the AFC North across all twenty two years, right? That makes sense. My math That's checking like out that, here.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, in the eighty eight teams that have spanned in the last twenty two years in the AFC North, you want to know where the Bengals rush defense ranks among those eighty eight teams? Probably like eightieth. 88, they are the worst run defense that the AFC North has ever seen in in the last 22 years. And Travis Etienne got 11 touches. Ah. This should have been a game that Travis Etienne got 20 carries. And instead, they got away from that, and it clearly hurt them. Speaking of being hurt, Trevor Lawrence, him being hurt, really sucks the life out of this team man Uh, i i still think they have winnable games on their schedule um but this game coming up against the browns becomes a lot tougher if cj or cj stroud cj (laughs) bethard is under center the second best cj in the division uh if cj bethard is under center yeah um all right, well, I guess you're ready to get to Taber's Yeah, man.
0: so, you know, we've got a video now, so I'm going to just show it off. I've got my iPad out here ready to write down your rankings, so, you know, Justin doesn't put these in our shared notes that we use for this podcast. I find out exactly at the same time that you guys do, so without further ado, Justin, you always give the best introduction to this segment, so why don't you do it, my man?
1: All right, well, it's the reason that you have the podcast app. It's the reason you wake up on Wednesdays. It's the reason that you get out of bed it's because you can get on that podcast app and you can find this and you can listen to this rankings because clearly I have the best rankings out there. You lost your train um, of thought
0: halfway through that one,
1: didn't you? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I kind of <laughs> forgot where I was going with that. Uh, getting into it. Uh, coming in, uh, last two spots, they're going to stay unchanged. Uh, 32 is the Carolina Panthers. 31 is the New England Patriots. I think that should be flipped um, immediately, but that's fine. Yeah. New England's won one more game. Shockingly. <laughs> uh, coming in at 30, I have the Washington Commanders uh, dropping two spots. Coming in at 29, they're on a bye this week, the New York Giants. Uh, coming in at number 28, uh, the New York Dret- New York Jets. I don't know what I was saying there. They dropped a spot <laughs> this week. Uh number 27 after their road win, the Arizona Cardinals jumping up 3 spots. And rounding off rounding off this bottom group here, uh 26 not moving because they were on a bye, the Chicago Bears.
0: And that's the nicest thing we've said about the Bears all season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they stayed put cuz they didn't play. You're welcome, Bears. Also, fans. can we
0: just talk about the Steelers should be like in the freaking Pac-12 right now because they just lost to the Cardinals.
1: Dude, the Steelers are basically Iowa. Easy.
0: That might be <laughs> yeah. worse than what I said. Anyway, let's move on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming in at number twenty-five, dropping one spot from last week. That's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, coming in at number twenty-four, moving down two spots. That's going to be the Tennessee yes, Titans.
0: Sir.
1: Um, that was a very unenthusiastic, yes, sir. It. Usually, it's yeah. I will say, usually, it's a little more peppy. Uh, coming in at number twenty-three, uh, I have the New Orleans Saints after their loss. Uh, coming in at twenty-two, I have the Los Angeles Chargers moving up one spot over there. I guess we'll call it a win. I don't. I don't. In the records, it goes down as a win, but eh. can they both lose? Uh, so Chargers at twenty-two. Yeah, <clears throat> ideally, that game should have ended in a zero-zero tie. Um, and then coming in at number twenty-one, moving up four spots from last week, I have the Atlanta Falcons after their win over the Jets.
0: You said that that yes sir wasn't peppy enough for the Titans in this group. I, bro, I watched my freaking field goal kicker punt twice because my punter is out for the rest of the season and my <clears throat> uh, backup quarterback who was the starter at the beginning of the season but is now the backup. Had to hold for two field goals, and is the reason they missed one of them. And also, my superstar running back on his head dribbled off the field. And I want to go play in traffic.
1: All right, coming in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, coming in at number twenty, moving up one spot. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, number nineteen. The Seattle Seahawks, they fell a little bit. Um, number 18, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, number 17, I have the Los Angeles Rams. And just missing out on the top 15, falling down a couple spots, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: How are the Steelers still in the top 16? How?
1: Yeah, I feel like that is generous. It's this is the best I could do. All right, top 15. Uh Number 15, I have the Green Bay Packers. Um, 14, I have the Cleveland Browns. Uh, 13, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Coming in at number 12, I have the Buffalo Bills. And then coming in at number 11, uh, falling one spot, sliding just outside of the top 10, I have the Denver Broncos. Alright, uh, any questions, comments, concerns before I get into the top 10?
0: Mm, I don't think so. Well, let's move on. I'll look at the list as a whole.
1: Alright, let's get into it. Alright, coming in and over 10, I have the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, nope, now yeah. I have
0: concerns, comments, and anger.
1: <laughs> well, hear me out. Um, first of all, I would like to say welcome to the top 10, Indy. Um, this is their first appearance there. Um, but between Gardner Minshew, Michael Pittman, and Zach Moss stepping up in Jonathan Taylor's absence, this team has rattled off uh, a lot of wins. They now sit in the 7th seed, and they have a very easy schedule. I think this team can get into the playoffs, and maybe they shake things up on the wild card. Uh, so I have the Colts coming in at 10. Look, it's not pretty, but you got to put someone there. And, I mean, all the teams ahead of them lost. Like they were they were thirteenth, and the Broncos lost, the Steelers lost, and the Browns lost. And they won. And they won. Mathematically, it makes sense.
0: All right, number nine.
1: <clears throat> number nine. <laughs> uh, number nine. Not moving a spot. Uh, they're staying put. Is the Houston Texans. Um. I, I'm I'm keeping them here uh, because while it. It, it was a good win against a good team. But if Russ doesn't throw that pick in the end zone with 30 seconds left, they would have lost and we'd be having a different conversation right now. So I, that's why I can't justify moving them up. Um, but I always say that good teams find ways to win games and they found a way to win this game. It wasn't pretty. Um, but they now sit a game back from the Jags and have a, an easier schedule than the Jags do. Um, I can see this team making a push for the division title. Uh, so Texans at 9.
0: Well, I mean, whenever their next best quarterback in their division is Will Levis. Um, yeah. Although I guess you could make an argument for Gardner Minshew, but I would say that they're winning in spite of him. Um,
1: <clears throat> That's true. All right, number 8. <laughs> All right. Uh... Moving back three spots after their loss, um, that's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And here we are with the third consecutive AFC South team. Uh, <laughs> and who would have thought that we'd be talking <laughs> three AFC South teams it's that's not, not mine. yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, who would have thought that we'd be talking about three AFC South teams in the top ten? At the beginning of the year, if you'd have told me that, I'd slap you in I the face. I still might
0: slap you in the face. Some, something That's about fair, because that it's illegal.
1: It does, it does. Um, but here we are. So uh, Trevor Lawrence is sidelined. Luckily, it doesn't seem like it's going to be too long, but who knows if and when he comes back, uh, if if he'll be 100% going into the playoffs. Um, so I have the Jags at eight.
0: Man, I really hate it for the Jaguars that the NFL Playoff Selection Committee has to lead them out of the playoffs now because Trevor Lawrence is hurt. That's just... That's heartbreaking, man.
1: Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> all right, coming into number seven, also dropping three spots from last week, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Look, their defense didn't look good against uh, Green Bay, and somehow the mm-hmm. offense looked even worse. You know, people can complain about the officiating all they want, but at the end of the day, they just didn't look good. Um, This team just doesn't scare me like it did in the past, and – you know, I, I know on previous episodes, uh, if you go back and listen to them, I, I always say that, you know, as long as they have Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid, that, you know, they're going to be fine. I, d- I don't know if that's the case. I don't know. Um, wait till we get the hot I things. do think they have a really. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm excited for that. Uh, you know. I do still think they have a really easy schedule moving forward, but I just don't know if I trust this team in the playoffs, especially if they don't have that home field advantage like they've had in years past. I don't know if I trust them. Uh, Mm. So Chiefs at seven.
0: Yeah. I can't argue with you. I I agree with everything you said, so let's get it.
1: All right. Uh, Coming in at number six, moving up two spots from last week. uh, That's the Dallas Cowboys. Um. Look, since they lost to the Eagles, they're 4-0, and they're playing a really good brand of football right now. Um, Three of those four wins came by an average of 30 points. That's because they were against really bad teams, but I digress. (laughs) This game against the the Seahawks showed that they can win close, hard-fought games and gives me a little bit of faith moving forward. Um, They have their biggest test since losing to Philly coming up this week as they face them again in Dallas this time. And I won't be shocked if with the way that they're playing, if they can fix what happened last time and find a way to win. Because if we're being honest, if Dak's foot was two inches smaller and Luke Schoenmaker, or however you say his last name, his he you know he, he falls six inches <laughs> he to his and right. He
0: doesn't try to do that weird uh, Simone Biles gymnastics Olympic gold medal catch that he did there.
1: Yeah, or or he falls six inches to the right. The Cowboys win that game in Philly. So I'm not going to be shocked if the Cowboys win. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I called it because I'm not saying that I guarantee a Cowboys win, but I'm not going to be shocked if they do. Um, So Cowboys at six.
0: Justin's going to text me before the game and be like, the Cowboys, not one, not two, not three.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, coming in at number five, I have the Detroit Lions moving up two spots from last week. Um, Fun fact, this is the best record that the Lions have had through 12 games since 1962. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, Unless the wheels just fall off completely, they're going to host a playoff game. And honestly, they're realistically not out of the race for the one seed. Um, They haven't exactly made things easy for themselves over the last couple weeks. Um, you know, almost blowing a lead against the Chargers, getting blown out by the Packers, and then uh, almost blowing a lead against the Saints. But, as long as they they just keep doing them, I think they're going to be fine. They're going to win the division, host playoff game, um, and see what happens. So, lines at five.
0: You cannot lose games in the NFL and still win. So, no... Um
1: no no, no he <laughs> has a Hold point. Pull up,
0: let him cook. Um yeah, the Lions I think as long as they can get out of their own way, they have a bright future ahead of them when it comes to the playoffs. So, they're still my NFC yeah. sneaky NFC championship pick, but they're going to need to need to keep it clean moving forward, so.
1: All right, coming in at number 4 also moving up 2 spots. Uh that's going to be the Miami Dolphins. Um Look, this team has clearly proven that they can beat the bad teams. Uh, I'm not worried about that. They're going to host a playoff game as well. They're going to have, you know, their home field advantage that they have. But in a few weeks, we see them have a three-game stretch of Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. And...
0: So they play two games. They play that... two, two good teams and then the Bills. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's going to tell me, you know, how good this team really is going into going into the playoffs. Um it's going to tell me a lot about what this team actually is. Uh, so Dolphins at four.
0: I like it. I I was impressed by the way they beat the Commanders. Um, the Commanders have kind of been one of those weird teams where it feels like some of the good teams struggle against them. But, yeah. Like the
1: Eagles? The Eagles struggled against them, but then you have the Cowboys and the Dolphins blowing them out. Right. Uh, so, I don't know.
0: It's weird, but I like it. Dolphins at four.
1: All right, coming in at number three, I have the Philadelphia Eagles finally being dethroned. Um, Look, their defense looked really, really bad. Um, They held the 49ers to negative six yards in the first quarter, and then the 49ers scored six straight touchdowns. So uh, hopefully them signing Shaquille Leonard from the Colts fixes their issue at linebacker because that is a very apparent issue. And this game against Dallas is massive, huge. I mean it. Yeah, it like you know, if the Eagles would have won last week, we're talking about okay, they have a two game lead. This game against Dallas, at the end of the day, even if they lose, it doesn't really mean anything because they'll still have a game lead. Now, uh, now if they
0: lose, <laughs> they they're, ti- they're <laughs> tied, they're tied record and split in the division <laughs> ranking.
1: Yeah, I'd have to go back and look and look at what the tiebreakers are, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, So Eagles at three.
0: The Eagles, man, I like, I've, they're, they're weird because they're definitely a better team than how they played against the 49ers, but they're also not infallible as we've seen. Um, and I think that whenever stuff starts to go wrong, their mistakes and flaws really start showing up. And so it'll be interesting to see how they rebound from this. Um, this is yet another one of those sections where, yeah, we're putting the Eagles at third, but maybe cover your ears, Justin Downs.
1: Um, so yeah, it
0: was
1: at three. Um, all right, coming in at number two, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they moved up a spot, even though they were on bye this week. Uh, it was a much deserved bye for the Ravens. Um, look, this team has a comfortable cushion on on the, on the division, and they are actually still wildly alive for the number one seed uh, in the AFC. Uh, I am still worried about this team's health and their inability to close out games. Uh, and they have a gauntlet of a schedule to go because they get Jacksonville with maybe Trevor Lawrence's back, Miami, and a potential Super Bowl preview in San Francisco. That's not an easy stretch. Um, but, like I said, they have a comfortable lead in the division. They're going to host a playoff game. Um, and, you know, I, I won't be shocked if this is an AFC championship team. So, Ravens at two.
0: Man, right now, if I'm the Ravens and we get the, the 49ers in the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm not going to lie.
1: No, dude. <laughs> be walking under my tail between my to, legs. They about to you go mean, out there
0: and put up 50. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> and, uh,
1: yeah, let's just go into And coming in at number one. Yeah. yeah, coming in at number one, everybody knows yep. who it is. <laughs> Moving up one spot from last week. They broke the curse of the two seed. They are yes, back. Sir. And let's just say they are really big Cowboys they fans sure this week, the San Francisco 49ers.
0: Yeah, because if the Cowboys if the Cowboys because beat the if, Eagles, they're the one seed.
1: They sure are. So they're big Cowboys fans this week. So there you have it. There's the rankings. Thoughts, questions, let's concerns? Get the biggest riser and comments. And oh. Uh, the biggest riser goes to it was actually a tie. Um, both the green Bay Packers moved up four spots from 19 to 15 and the Atlanta Falcons, um, uh, moved up four spots, uh, from 25 to 21. I, I know I don't like it either, but the Falcons are winning that division,
0: Ooh.
1: <laughs> which also, ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All four of those teams are uh, ranked 20 to 32. So there's that. And then the biggest follower this week goes to the uh, garbage Pittsburgh Steelers losing at home to the Cardinals. Uh, they dropped four spots from 12 to 16. Mm. Man.
0: Good job, as always, sir. Um, I like to, like to practice it with that. Um, you know, you texted me that 11 to 19 was really hard, so, and no.
1: 11, ranking eleven through nineteen was the toughest thing I've done on on, on my rankings. See, you far. say
0: that? So then, on no planet was I prepared for the Colts to be tenth.
1: They're 75 No, seven no, no, I, no, I, no I,
0: I hear you. I heard. I heard all They're that in the garbage playoffs. That you said when you announced them. Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm not arguing that. Also, I only called it garbage because I I, I, I don't like them. Fair um, enough. They they were the first team in the NFL. I think of well, the first team in the NFL recently that I've developed a genuine hatred for. Um, no, I just, yeah, I, I get why, but I I don't know. It just feels wrong. Um, other than that, I think the rankings are really good. Um, I think the Patriots and the Panthers both should be lower, but it's fine.
1: <laughs> what, wait, aren't they 32nd and they 31st? They should be lower.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Honestly, I think we should. I think we should put Michigan and. Yeah, I've heard that. You know, I've
0: heard that the conference USA might have some openings, um, if they want some people that are.
1: I don't know. The Sun Belt looks enticing. They want some people that are more
0: on their uh, their their skill level. Um, Anyway, let's let's quit insulting professional teams. Um, (laughs) All right, let's move on (laughs) to our final segment of the day. It is, of course, hot takes and overreactions. Uh, Justin, I will start us off. Why don't uh, I give you my first one? The Kansas City Chiefs, they've lost their magic. Now, obviously, you know, they're still towards the top of the AFC, uh, mostly due to finding ways to win games they absolutely shouldn't. But I no longer have that, you know, that feeling that you used to get, Tom Brady gets the ball, under two minutes left, they need a score to win, and he get the ball and you would just be like, shit, it's over. They're, they're going to win. So yeah. Patrick Mahomes, before now, I kind of got that feeling with him as well. I mean, you know, it really started. You get that 13-second win against the Bills two years ago. You know, he had gotten to the point where it was like, Patrick Mahomes has the ball, like you said. You, you trust him. I I don't get that feeling anymore. I don't he's been mid at best patrick mahomes has for the season but he's had some great moments but overall he's he's been middle of the pack and the team seem a team around him is not good enough for him to be able to elevate them and win those games that like before you'd be like oh like if the if if he had been down a score to the packers towards the end of the game 2 years ago or even last year you're like oh pff, it's over he's got it i i don't get that feeling anymore
1: yeah i'll even double down on that um he, while i do think he's still the best overall quarterback in the league i think he has the resume to back it up um, if we're looking at kind of careers as a whole, um, I think the gap is closing. I, I think that's I think that's what we've noticed. The gap is closing between between him and you know whoever you want to put second, third, fourth. Um, yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with that. Perfect. And then
0: give us All your right. first one.
1: My first one is that the Houston Texans will win. The AFC bro, bro, South. It's, it's hot takes. Hey, they're... They're not... They're, they're, they're... The Texans aren't even in the playoffs right now. If the season ended today, the Texans would not be in the playoffs. So That's a hot take. Um, if you look at their remaining schedule, it is extremely favorable with two games against the Titans, the Browns, the Jets, and then they have to go to Indy in Week 18. And with Trevor Ly- Lawrence being sidelined for the foreseeable future and the jack the Jags have tough games coming up i think they got a shot I, I if if i had to put money on it right now i would put money on the texans to win the afc south i'm not going to but if i if i wanted <laughs> you
0: could to, if I you could. wanted to <laughs>
1: uh but yeah that's texans are gonna win the afc south
0: okay my second hot take <laughs> this one will make you happy but you also might think i'm crazy I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to sneak into the playoffs with Jake Browning. Who was on crack? <laughs> <laughs> I want Iguodala. No. So I know <laughs> we had a moment of silence for them earlier in the podcast season, but but hear me yeah. out. They're playing out of their minds with Joe Burrow out. Like, the Steelers game aside, like this game showed me that they can still, weirdly enough, compete with the good teams. Like, the Jaguars are one of the best teams in the league, and they beat them. It's almost like they're trying to prove people wrong. Like, oh, well, we're not we're not dead in the water. They do have a long road ahead of them, but suddenly it doesn't sound so crazy, especially with some of the teams ahead of them, like the Bills, the Browns, the Steelers, and the Broncos, all having some lackluster performances and hard schedules coming up soon. I know the Bengals still have a tough path, and I'm not saying that, like, this is not something I would put money on. I'm not going to lie. But it, it's, I don't know. I've just got a gut feeling that, like, we may not be done talking about them yet.
1: Yeah. Um Well, their schedule on paper looks tough, but they're all one to win, especially games. this year. I mean, the Colts—these
0: teams that are good want to win these games that they should win.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, there's—I—I I, I just think there's so much parity in the AFC mm-hmm. specifically that, like, they have games against the Colts, the Vikings, um. They still have one more against the Browns and one more against the Steelers. And then they have to go to Kansas right. City. Honestly, with the way that all five of those teams are playing like, right now— I
0: don't sound I don't, so crazy. I don't. I, and, I don't. <laughs>
1: like, that's the thing. Yeah, it, a, and then you double it with, with how the Bengals played last— the, or yesterday, two, or, you know, Monday night. It's not like, crazy. If, if I had, Like, the, the Bengals could be favored in a few of it, those games. I think the Colts are favored by one and a half like, points if we, on Sunday— but.
0: If we took the Bengals right now with their record, Joe Burrow being out and everything, and we put this two years ago with the way that the teams on their schedule have played, you would have hit Dude, me no with shop. the R-word slur like uh, freaking Chris Broussard did on, <laughs> on first, first Things First. Just, is the man? R-? Like, it would have been crazy. But this year, I don't know what it is about the NFL this year, but it's like none of these teams, unless it's the 49ers or like, yeah, the 49ers
1: the eagles for most of the season except for last week there's
0: no team that i'm like oh the bengals are just absolutely gonna get dog walked now knowing the bengals and just the fact that they're your team if they had to play like the panthers or something the panthers would beat them you know 50 to 8 but uh, you but um you know then they're gonna go beat the chiefs in arrowhead or something like that i don't know it's just like i said it's one of those takes that like i thought of and i was i was like oh that's stupid why would i say that and then i really thought about it and i was like yeah I mean, <laughs> so that—that's my second
1: one. Yeah. Um, this would go down as as where I was wrong. Um, I know that I have had a couple instances and in where I was right this week. This was not <laughs> one of them. Uh, this is my hot take and also where I was wrong. <laughs> Man, uh, wow, getting two birds with one stone in this one. Jordan Love is Green Bay's <laughs> franchise quarterback, man. I
0: <laughs> Oh my goodness. I know
1: that we dogged on him earlier in the season. I get that. Um but it's because he wasn't performing. Matt LaFleur seems to have the utmost confidence in the kid and is letting him sling the ball. He's not an accurate thrower. And that's fine. Brett Favre wasn't accurate but that's not the what the Packers need from him because I see a lot of Brett Favre in the way that he carries himself. And, you know, you have all of that upside that I think he has in himself that we just haven't seen yet because I, what, what has he played? One game last year and Robert 12 said, games yeah, this year? So. Like, he's played 13 games in his career. I think I overreacted a little bit and didn't give him a fair shot. I'll, I'll, I'll say that um so the jordan love is is their quarterback moving forward um yeah, that's, a, that's a hot take and also where i was wrong.
0: oh goodness i
1: i'm willing to admit i laugh both.
0: but i mean i still have the hot take of the, or i still have the where i was wrong uh moment of the year so i can't even can't even laugh too hard oh yeah no but, that, that's uh, gonna go down
1: in, in wrong take like of i said the, wrong take like of i said no
0: my luck the ravens are gonna go win the super bowl and then people are gonna be listening to me like that idiot <laughs> so it is what it is but at the same time it does crack me up how you and i both have made such big 180s on certain aspects of like this the nfl in such a short time because i think it was like week nine or week 10 that you said that jordan love wasn't the guy Somewhere yeah, around somewhere there. Around it's not, there. not week 11, and that's the earliest notes that I have in our doc, because that's about the time that we moved to um, using Google Drive instead of just the Apple Notes. Um, and, of course, we deleted those after every, every week, so I kind of wish we hadn't, honestly. But anyway, uh, no, I, uh, I appreciate it whenever – you know, you and I both, that's one thing that I think we have as a strength is that we can admit when we're wrong and when we said stuff that we're maybe a little out of pocket. So... <laughs> It is what it yeah. is. Um, but yeah, I think, did you have anything else from week 13?
1: Uh, no, I'm cool. good. Well, hey,
0: that's all I had as well. So uh, until next time, everybody, um, on behalf of Justin, uh, I'm Ben. And thank you guys for listening and this week watching uh, another episode of The Rundown. So be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an upload. And until next time, you guys, have a great day.